Well, good morning, Life Church. How are you doing this morning? Man, y'all are already woke. Holy cow. Man, wasn't worship amazing? Man, let's give it up for our worship team and what God is doing here at Life Church and how blessed we are to have the resources we have so that we can do what we want to do the most. And the most important thing is just help point people to Jesus. So uh, we've been in our Summer at Life Church series, and so I get the privilege of continuing that on today. And today I want to focus on peace, right? Like I want to focus on the essence of what peace is because uh, I could ask you how you're doing and you can tell me fine, but the truth is that many of us we, we, we wonder, what is true peace? Like, what does it really feel like to just be at ease and have everything be okay? What is that like? And that's the reality of the relationship we have through Christ. That's the beauty of it. And so I want to talk on that uh, today. But before we do that, for those of you who may not know me, one of the things I love to do most is travel. Okay? I got any people who like to travel? Just, just curious people. Okay? Watch this. I got any vacationers in the house? Like, woo! Yeah, vacationers are just, they're the party. That's my wife, okay? Like, um, you know, as a traveler, another thing you may not know is I'm an introvert. Believe it or not, I am so introverted. The beautiful thing about traveling is you can just put your AirPods in and get to the destination. Just, I don't have to talk to you. Like, extroverted people, I need you to understand this. You guys are scary. I'm being vulnerable. You guys are scary. You're terrifying. You know, like, man, like the worst part of church is, well, greet your neighbor. No, no. Extroverted people, hello. Okay. Uh, We'll get there. A few more cups of coffee. We'll get there. Uh, But um, all right, it's good to laugh in church. But that's, that's who I am. So another component of that is I like to people watch. We as human beings are hilarious. Come on. Just the thought of us functioning in normal everyday life, just hilarious. And we're just majoring on minors and we're worked up. And I, here was my observation. I'm like, we are one stressed out people group. I mean, just there's phones everywhere in the airport and documents being typed and mom chasing kids and dad's there but mentally in another world. And so mom's chasing kids and mad at him like, you idiot, can't you help me? You know, like it's a lot, just a lot. And then I get on the plane, and I'm like, man, this is just crazy. And then my, my, my thoughts shift to, like, have you ever been around somebody and you felt their, their nervous energy, right? It's, like, transferable. And I was like, man, God, I don't want that. I want to I give off good vibes. I want to give off peaceful vibes and have people just feel at home and at ease, not just this anxious tension all the time. But here's the crazy thing about it. Many of us, we live in that anxious tension. And because we've gotten so used to it, what's normal now doesn't even make sense. But I'm used to working. I'm used to working. And, and the harder I work, the more I get. And the more I get, the, 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 the wealthier I'll be. And the wealthier I'll be, you know, people will think differently about me because in the end, I can't take none of my possessions with me. So it really don't matter. But I just live in this space of nervous energy. But the beauty about that is God can be the breath of fresh air that allows you to take a time out and pause and say, hold on, I can have joy right now, peace right now. I love it. And uh, I got so lucky, I get to sit behind 
the mom on the plane who has the kids. So that means there's no sleep. Have you ever met a kid that was so good at misbehaving that you didn't know him, but you knew his name? <laughs> Have you ever? Here's why. Because he's so bad that his mom just, Timmy, 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 Timmy. Oh. This is real. I was flying to Indiana. This really happened. And me being who I am, you know, you know I, I consider myself a kid person. I said, Timmy, you see those clouds outside the window? Like, yeah. You know, this is where Jesus lives. Really? Yeah. You want to meet him? Okay, okay, so sit down, buddy. Thank you. I was the man. The stewardess, like, fist bumped me, like, oh. You know, I got two, two, watch this, two cans. She didn't pour the cup, cans. I was like, I'm the man. Because there's something beautiful about being able to journey in peace. That's God's design for us, to be at peace and rest and cast all that on him. So as we look through Psalms 46 this morning, I want to uh, just emphasize what's important about knowing God. And here's the, here's the kicker about this. When you look, think of Psalms 46, you know, towards when we get to the end of the chapter, you, it'll be familiar, right? Anybody ever heard of that verse, be still and know I am God, right? But the entirety of that passage actually breaks it down. And good people like you and I, we get it wrong. It's not that we don't love God, but because we're human, we get it wrong. All the, often, if the goal is to be still, we do everything in our power to be still. And we mean we're good, we're well-meaning people. But we take it and we flip it. Because watch this, stillness does not happen apart from not knowing God. When you know him, you're able to be still. And all these attempts that I've tried to, to be still and relax and have a good and, and peaceful life, those were my human, carnal, messed up efforts. And they fail. And they don't last long. But the knowing of God makes me good in every season, in every situation, and I don't have to go up and down like gas prices. Anybody ever, you know what I mean? Just like, woo, you know? When I know him, there isn't a bad day. Why? Because he's already in tomorrow. My goal is to just be able to see who he is. The essence of his being doesn't change. I just need to see who he is. Watch this. And if I'm able to see who he is, the peace comes because on the external, it can look ugly, but internally it's beautiful. And what happens on the inside dictates what happens on the outside. Let's look at Psalms 46. The first thing we need to know when it comes to finding this peace and being able uh, to relax is this. God can do it. God can do it. That sounds so basic, I know. Um, but when you find out who God is, you just feel deprived. Like, this is what it was? Yeah. God can do it. Let's look at Psalms 46. Let's look at verse number one. The Bible says this, God is our refuge and strength. Let's all, can we say that together? God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, Though the mountains tremble at its swelling, 
Wow. It starts off and it says, God is our refuge and strength. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a great story. Then it goes on to, yeah, about that earthquake. Whoa, wait a minute. How do you go from good? Wait a minute. It means though you may face a lot of circumstances that you can't control, though you may feel like you found solid ground and then moments in life make you feel like everything you found have been falling apart, though you may identify yourself by what you do, and truth be told, some of us uh, think we have jobs, but it's really just an identity crisis because if I ask you who you are, you'll naturally tell me what you do. That wasn't even the question. Though it feels this way and it's crazy, who is he? Our refuge and our strength. And that all comes from getting to know him because when we get to know him, it changes our perspective. That's why I said, who is he? He's our refuge and our strength because watch this. We get affected by the condition, but God is in control of the condition. Okay? That's, that's the beauty of knowing him. Because you know why? When I know him, I have the confidence that this may be a bad condition, but I know the creator of the condition. And if he can create it, I'm pretty sure he knows how to fix it. Man, this is good. I'm blessing myself this morning. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm happy. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Because I, I try to fix too much. I do too much. I don't know how to sit down. You know, there's some people here, you know, they just do too much. But the beauty in this is that he's already done it. But if my perspective is not adequate, I can't see that. This is why, to me, it's important to, to emphasize even the attributes of God are healing and deliverance and renewal and restoration. Here's why, because we're born into sin, okay? Sin nature, in sin we are born. We are born into imperfection. And because we're born into imperfection, it affects our perspective. And when we have the perspective about something, then it determines the actions we take. It's all in perspective. Think about this. He's our refuge and our strength in the face of a tsunami, an earthquake, everything around us perishing, war. But perspective says, or maybe this is God's way of allowing the ground to shake because the prison I've been in this whole time can no longer hold me because I'm a child of God. The chains and the bondage I've been in this entire time can no longer affect me because I'm a child of God. And this isn't predicated on what I see, it's predicated on what I know. Come on, what I know. He didn't say, be still, look out the window and tell me what you think. No, I just need you to be still and know. And the, de- and, and the essence of sin is it enables us from seeing God. Adam and Eve had one thing to do. You ever been mad at somebody and you said these words? You literally just had one job, right? Like, just that face you give people, like, bro, seriously. You seriously just had one job to do. You can't even. Because think about it. In the garden, they had, hey, this, the entirety of, of this, of God's beauty, it's all yours. One thing I'm asking you to stay away from is the tree, knowledge of good and evil. 
That's it. That was the only option. That was the only choice mankind had to make. The rest was just enjoy the beauty of God and live carefree. One, okay? You know what generates anxiety now in Americans? Too many choices. Praise God for Amazon, right? Like, oh my goodness, and Google. Like, we have access to too much information because when we have access to the information, we start to think that, you know what, I need to uh, be in touch and take control of the information, and really, you're just eavesdropping on a conversation because God's already handled that information. You just focus on this one thing, but we've taken the place of who God is because we're trying to fix everything that wasn't our design. One thing. And you know what I believe? He was saying, I just need you to trust me. Because if you trust me, you don't need an outside object to ask me of the knowledge of good and evil. If you trust me, you would know I'm the creator of good and evil. Woo-woo! Man, I'm buying this tape. If you trust me, if you trust me, you know that everything you've gone out and tried to buy, you've owned this entire time. If you trust me, if you trust me. Be still and know that God can. So if I look at God as the creator of the universe, if I look at God as a source of supply, and here's the cool thing about the supply, it doesn't run out. You didn't use up all the power of God when you prayed that prayer 20 years ago, and all there's still some left. You can't run out. This is the beauty about being dependent on God. Human nature says preservation. God's nature says more than enough. Well, let me just save. No, there's no saving. His mercies are new each and every morning. There's a fresh pot on the stove. As soon as you get up, eat it up all you want today. Tell him how much you need him. Cry out for him in your life. Pray without ceasing. Walk in the spirit. You don't have to take breaks with God. He's not going to run out. He's sufficient. He's more than enough. Man, ain't it cool to have our mindset shift on God? It's like, yeah, he's more than enough. That's who he is. But watch this. Perspective. If you don't know him to be a protector, you'll never know him to be a deliverer. And if you don't know him to be a deliverer, you will never know what it feels like to be a survivor. Because how I look at God, he's not a tyrant in the sky that's mad at you and that's judging you and that's thinking you're not good enough. He's a father saying, I created you. You're perfect in my image. You're good enough. I just need you to see this. You're smart enough. You've been lying to yourself the entire time. Stop comparing yourself to other people. I'm writing this narrative. I'm allowing your life to be unique. The things you're trying to fix in your life, those are the things I want to use to give people my glory in your life. And you've been complaining about the life I've given you. How about you just receive what I've given you and stop trying to fix it? Be still. Be still and know. The second thing you need to do after you know is you have to believe not only can God do it, but God will do it. Amen? He will do it. This is the confidence of relationship. There's probably problems all around this room, right? Let's say, okay, I'm just going... I'm not really a handyman. I'm just going to put it out there, right? You know? And so I think my wife prays that I don't try to fix stuff. Like, 
She literally told me a story this morning, like, I'm so glad your best, best friend, you know, masters in home improvements. What are you trying to say? I'm just not. But each and every one of us has problems, and the solutions to the problems we, we have can be in this room. But because we may not know who's next to us, we don't know the resources they possess. And because I'll have knowledge of God, but I don't know God, I don't know the resources he possesses. I'm like, that's it? Man, come on. God's already, he's the creator of the universe. He's got this. So that belief turns into confidence. That confidence gives you security. Not only can God do it, God will. This isn't optional. Watch this. So verse number four in our text says this, there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the most high. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning's dawns, the nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. This messed me up when I really dug into the text and did a little bit of exegesis because <clears throat> what, what, what the psalmist is writing about at this time, he's writing about Israel. He's writing about, you know, God's chosen, his elect. And, and notice that um, if, you, if you understand a little bit about um, Genesis, Jacob is Israel. And we understand what happened. And Jacob had a wrestling match with the angel of the Lord and he woke up and God changed his name. And I just want to speak to somebody's life. You feel like my entire life I've been in a fight, but what if God's just trying to change your name? What if your name meant struggle and he's saying, I want to change your name to victory? Come on, somebody. What if your name was I can't and he said, I want to change your name to overcomer? What if you feel like I don't have enough and he says, I want to change your name to more than a conqueror? What if I wanted to change your name and you thought it was a fight? No, baby, he's just changing your name. Why? Because he's our refuge and strength. Even the toughest actions of our life is not God's way of punishing us. He loves us enough to allow conditions to happen to make us more like him. The struggle may be real, but so is God. Amen? <laughs> come on. So, yeah, come on. Y'all better stop. I was told a bunch of Germans and Norwegians, you guys are too expressive and excited, man. I love this, man. Um, but that confidence of the belief, the belief, is not only can God do it, God will do it. Even when you feel like you're in a pinch, you still have an ace in a hole. God specializes in the silver lining. He's a master of a barely made it, you know. I learned this at graduation. Some of y'all graduated cum laude. I graduated thank you laude. Amen? It just, right? I walk across the stage. They took the same pictures with the same gown and the same diploma, and nobody asked me, what was your GPA? Just know I made it. Amen? That's how we need to live our life. Don't ask me about the process. Just know I'm here right now. All that matters is the moment. The detriment of anxiety is it robs you from the moment. There's victory in this moment. There's joy for you in this moment. There's the love of God for you in this moment. There's that void in your life being filled in this moment. And 
stop letting the enemy use tactics to rob you from present day victory. Watch this. Let's go back to the text. He's our very present help. So you thought you were in it alone, but what if I told you he's been in with with you the entire time and he hasn't judged you differently? Why? Because his love encompasses your imperfections. If he wouldn't have strike you down, he would have done it already. And the heartbreaking thing is, it's not that people don't love God or people are evil. Our perspective of God has been tainted, and we don't know the beauty of who he is. Have you noticed in the New Testament, one of the miracles they emphasize the most is what? Giving sight to the blind? Because when you're able to see... You're able to see the beauty of who God is. And when you're able to see the beauty of who God is, you can feel the confidence in what he does. And things like stress in life are all ways of taking control over us and robbing us from seeing the beauty of who God is. And watch this. It's not a conditional beauty. It's a constant So you can enjoy this feeling right now, but watch this. You can enjoy it even more tomorrow. It doesn't run out. It doesn't stay on Squire Drive here at Life Church. No, it goes with you. (laughs) Here's what I love about this, because David is literally writing about the kingdom of God being invaded by Assyrians. And there was a king at that time, Hezekiah. Places such as the temples were always built in proximity to rivers. Jerusalem was not. And here's why. I believe God specializes in the impossible and what doesn't make sense. There was a king who was wise enough to know God because when you know God, you know attacks are coming and you don't get surprised when they happen. Here's the beauty about knowing God. You can prepare. I knew you were coming. Bring it on. I'm ready. And what he did was he had his men construct a stream from, from, a, from a neighboring body of water. And when they constructed this stream, it, what would flow from that neighboring body of water would flow back into the temple. But he knew the Assyrians were coming, so he had them construct this stream underground. Because even when they knock over every standing building and, and all of our means of protection, watch this, we need the confidence that they're still floating something floating underground that nobody else can see but me and God. And it's flowing. And because of the conditions, you would naturally think I'm in a famine and everything I love is being lost. But guess what? There's an extra supply. There's a stream that's constantly flowing in the deserts in my life. There's a way out. There's an opportunity. It's not over. This is why you don't need to just be so engulfed with the external. This is the peace of God that flows in the internal because it all may be closing in 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 your present reality. But know this, you shall live and not die. Know this, to live is Christ, to die is gain. So either way, you're winning. So how dare I wake up in fear, raise my children in fear, operate in fear. I just need to relax. Because the last thing I need you to know from our text today, he can do it, he will do it. Watch this, he is doing it. He is doing it. The supremacy, the supremacy of God. Let's read in verse um, verse 7 here. It says, the Lord of hosts is with us. 
The God of Jacob, there goes that word, word again, is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord. How he has brought desolations on earth. He makes wars. He ceased to end, ceased to the end of the earth. He breaks uh, the bow and shatters the spear. He, he burns in chariots of fire. Be still, come on, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So when you read this text, he doesn't promise that life be peachy keen. And he doesn't promise that everything will fit into the right compartment. He just promised you, despite what it looks like, you have victory. Because God is doing it. And when you have a relationship with God, you realize that this thing called hope, this thing like believing God can do it, this confidence of, of believing God will do it, <laughs> That's not just a expected end, it's a present reality. <laughs> He's doing it. He's working on your behalf. He's doing it. He's doing it. You ever heard this? All things work together for the good. Okay, is the essence of who God is evil? No, it's good, so it's working. He's in every situation. He's the author of every situation. Nothing surprises him or catches him off guard. I know, it's deep. He's in it. Things are working out for your good. You think about who wrote the book of Psalms, David. I'm sorry, when I get to heaven, I'm going to give David a hug. He's going to be like, what are you doing? You're crazy. How do I know? Because I am too. Read Psalms. I love God. He hates me. You know, all over the place. Just, God, why are you doing this to me? God, you are the rock. And we Dude, it's all, oh, he's cray-cray. But here's what's nuts. He calls David a man after his own heart. Why? Because this, David knew that when it's all said and done, none, none of this relies on him and it has everything to do with God. Come on, somebody. The only thing that made David different is that he knew that God was his sufficiency. He knew that God, he didn't just get the job. He knew that God worked in his favor, you know. He knew that he didn't start the business idea. He knew God gave him the idea. And so whatever he did, he called on God. Notice this. Jesus in the New Testament, he models this because what does he do? He gets away and goes to his father and prays. This says sufficiency. Our world values independency. I can do it on my own. And the kingdom of God says, why do you have to do what's already been done? Whew. But I think that's why they call it a kingdom, not of this world, because it's hard to have an heavenly experience with the earthly mindset. Then David said this, he said, I would have fainted lest I believe to see the goodness of God in the land of the living, meaning his mindset was that not only is God in today, but God is waiting for me in tomorrow. He's waiting to fix every problem. He's waiting to bear every weight. He's waiting to take on every stress. That's the goodness of God. This is how I can live every day like it's the night before Christmas because there's an anticipation that when I get up in the morning, oh, I'm going to get something. There's a gift waiting for me. All I got to do is read my word and unwrap it. Some of us are dreading Monday. God, I got to go back to work. I think God works. It's not who you are. It's what you do. So I can go to work 
It may not like it, but the job doesn't define me because I'm a child of God. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm marked with the seal at birth. I'm not an accident or a coincidence. I don't have to put pressure on myself because when I said yes to Jesus, I'm now intertwined into the body of Jesus. And so when God looks at his son, okay, he said this when he baptized Jesus, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. So if I no longer matter and all of who I am is caught up in Jesus, when he looks at Cheryl this morning, he's saying, this is my daughter in whom I'm well pleased. When he looks at Hank this morning, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. But God, I've made too many mistakes. It doesn't matter about you anymore. When you said yes to me, you put on Jesus, and that's the beauty of God covering a multitude of sins. There's a covering that happens with Christ. It's not about being perfect. It's about putting on Christ. He's the author of perfection. The key to attaining perfection was called the law, and we couldn't do it. He gave us the law. But God loves us enough to say, you poor baby, I'm not going to even let you struggle. I'm just going to give you, it's an open book test. Here are all the answers. I don't know about you, but because I graduated, thank you, Lordy, anytime I got answers to a test, I rejoiced. Because you know why? I know I didn't study. I know I don't know that information. I know that this caught me off guard and she said it, but I wasn't paying attention and I wasn't prepared for it. And so watch this. Even though I messed up, I still have an opportunity to be perfect. Woo! And I had nothing to do with it. It's just so good to be true. It's open book test. All across this room, I want you to do two things with me. Number one, I just want you to lift your hands up like this. Okay? No, you're not under arrest. Relax. You're good. You're good. And I want you to do this motion. Because this symbolizes just dropping. How much weight do we carry? Pressure. Wounds of the past. Depression. Fear. How much anxiety do, do, we, do we carry every day? But every morning, God says, just drop it on me. He says, what is this? My, my, my weight is easy and my burden is light. Like, just drop it and then do this. Because the cool thing about God is in this relationship, he's reciprocal. And some of us, the only thing we know is how to love things and people that don't love us back. But watch this. He loves you back. Because when you lay it on him, you can come with depression, and he's going to say, in exchange, here's some joy. You can come with fear, and he's going to say, in exchange, here's confidence. You can come with brokenness. He's going to come. He's going to exchange and say, here's what it's like to be made whole. He's going to say, I've been lost my whole life. He's going to say, you know what? Welcome to being found. He's going to, he's going to say, listen, you don't have to just stop identifying yourself with the mistakes in this place. And no, no one's ever said this to you, but God is pleased with you. So exchange my true confidence in here. You don't have to force other people to love you. Exchange my, here's my acceptance and my approval, my affirmation. That's what he wants to give us. But we just have to learn how to know him in order to be still. Because when we're still, it gives us the ability to see the beauty of who God is. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be so consumed with everything around me that I miss the beauty of God. Because watch this, the situation may not change, but who God is stays the same. So I can have a bad day tomorrow, but if you read Psalms 46, it's going to say the same thing that it said today. Because his word remains. Our emotions don't. Our feelings don't. His word does. That's why I read my Bible. 
That's why I'm a part of a church. That's why I'm connected with the life group. Because conditions will change, but I just need a reminder, his word is still the same. But yeah, I feel like I messed up. Okay, come to me, all ye who are uh, uh, weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. It still says that. It doesn't say comma except for Sherry. Nope, it says boom, still the same. That's where our confidence lies. And who he is. That's the antidote of anxiety. That's the key to enjoying life. It's who he is. So, Father God, right now, we just thank you for who you are, Lord, and symbolic of how we had our hands. Lord, we just release today. Uh, I don't know if problems in the room, but some of my friends may have fear. And so, God, we lay that weight down in pressure and anxiety and worry. But, God, we just lay that weight down. And in return, Lord, we receive your perfect peace. Because here's what you taught us, God, in your word. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon you. So, God, we counsel any distraction physically, mentally, spiritually, financially, distractions of the past, because we want to keep our mind on you because we know this, you're our refuge and our strength, and you're a very present help in the time of trouble. And so, God, we just thank you for being with us in this moment. In Jesus' name. Can we just give God a hand clap of praise if he's good to you? Amen.